Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No I don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Right to the hook, right here. Listen. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budget. Live, not so live from the LBL Bar and Grill, Bar and Bunker here in beautiful, rainy Southern Tennessee. And this is the podcast for Monday, November 23rd, the year of 2020 that we'll just not just get over with so we can move on. Hope you're all doing well out there, you bunch of low life and son of a guns, friends and neighbors, ladies and gentlemen. If you are new, To this experience, this is the Low Budget Live program. We talk about bass fishing. We talk about all kinds of stuff. And this is the narcissistic intro, as people say, where I play a song by me, written by me, sung by me, all that. Some of you like, some of you don't. But I would like to defend myself on this for just one second, because I see comments all the time. On YouTube in particular, other, other outlets not so much. Uh, when I just did this podcast on um, iTunes, Spotify, you can play whatever you want within reason, you know. And uh, I used to play a lot of different songs, but then on YouTube, they have copyright restrictions. You can't play anybody's music. And it's very frustrating because there's a lot of times that I would rather play somebody else's. So that's kind of where the Biloxi Blues came from, uh, playing this as the intro to the show. And then it kind of became a thing. People enjoy it. And uh, and it's something that I very much enjoy sharing my music. I have new music coming very soon. Man, it's like Home Alone. Like, look at that shock face. I do. I got new music. Uh, me and Shannon Wheeler, we're fixing to lay some stuff down here pretty soon, uh, as the kids say. So by the first of the year, there's going to be some new tunes out there. So we may change the intro up. 
We may not. I don't know. Got some uh, got some ideas on it, though. Got some ideas on it. But for you that love Biloxi Blues, that tag me all the time in it, it's awesome to hear. Been called a one-hit wonder. It's not even really a hit. Uh, but it's. I guess I would say it's better to uh, have some people know something that you created out of your mind with your guitar, with your voice, than to be an internet commenter calling somebody a one-hit wonder. <laughs> so, touche. Uh, thank y'all, though. Thank y'all for always enjoying that song and the intro. But that's kind of why, that's why I do it. I don't do it because I'm like, look at me. I do it because the music's free. <laughs> And it's here. It's why I use my music in a lot of my videos. Uh, but thanks to those of you that are always very kind about that. This is a week to give thanks. This is a week of Thanksgiving. Even though it is going to be a very different Thanksgiving for a lot of people, I have a feeling. And I'm going to do something that I normally don't do. I want to ask for comments about this. Send me messages. I'm I'm just curious just because... Obviously, you see what the mainstream news feeds you about things and and uh, different situations going on in life. But this is a weird year with this COVID deal. And this week, my mother in law has been fighting it. She's she's on the good end of it now. She had a rough time, man, for about three or four days. And and we've had some uh, members of our fine community here where I live that have passed away from this. Some others that have had some very uh, difficult times dealing with this, with some lasting effects. So. You know, are you going full bore into Thanksgiving 2020? You inviting granny over that, that maybe your weird uncle that you don't like a whole lot. Are you still inviting him over? What are you doing this year? Are you cutting down the number of folks that are coming to your house? Like some States are making you going all in. Do you think it's silly? What do you think? I want to hear it because it's very interesting to me. You know, my dad, is in his 60s, and uh, he he's we have a very tight-knit, you know, small family pretty much, and we get together a lot, but he's he's very nervous because of the numbers of the COVID are going up around here, and, and obviously if he were to get it, it could have a negative impact on his life. So he's debating on whether to have Thanksgiving or not. It's a weird situation. It's something I never thought that I would see, barring like a family feud or something, you know? <laughs> uh, so... How are you handling that? I want to know. I want to know. And and I got to thinking about that this week. I had to travel some, and I had to fly for the first time in a while commercially and since March. And I've been kind of in the LBL bar and grill here. I've been in the bunker pretty much all year. And was on four flights. The airports are packed. You're masked up, of course. And it was bizarre because I feel like we're just throwing random darts at this thing. Everybody's got a different rule and everybody does this and does that. And this helps, but this doesn't. And then it's very confusing. Kind of like the fishing industry. See, I'm going to loop it all back in. But like you go through the airports and they're like, social distancing in the security line. They're like all up on you, you know, six feet spread out. Don't move up. Okay, come up. You know, typical joyous airport security workers. Shout out to all y'all out there if you're watching and you're not a jerk uh, employee of an airport security line. But uh, most of the ones that I come across, not very friendly. Uh, and it's probably a high-stress job, I'm guessing. So, obviously, keeping people safe, trying to keep people safe, especially now with all these regulations. So, shout out to you guys. But, you know, they're, they're making sure the airports are safe, right? Then I fly Delta Airlines and everybody's on top of each other. 
we're masked up. Got to wear your mask. It's mandatory. But, I mean, I got a dude barely, I mean, just almost sitting in my lap. I don't know. I don't know. I was very surprised to see the number of people that were flying. I had to fly. Didn't really have a choice. Had a deal pop up that I had to go deal with. And a meeting and... I normally drive more more so this year, obviously. And I normally I fly seven, eight times a year. But it was weird, man. And I don't mean to sound like, you know, some scared cat. But it was uh, it was kind of bizarre. It was bizarre. This new world that we're living in outside of southern Tennessee, when I go out in it, it's very different. You have people that are very adamant about not wearing a mask. And you have people that are very adamant about you better wear a mask. And you have people that are just kind of like me. And I'm in between, but I wear a mask because I just feel like if it gives somebody a chance to not catch the COVID, the big C-19, that, uh, you know, if I got to go to the grocery store for 30 minutes and wear a mask, it's just not that big of a deal. Or tractor supply or whatever. But there are people that are adamant about it. And if you're one of those folks, you know what? It's your prerogative. It's what's beautiful about the United States. But I think that uh, if if it helps some, though, we should probably be wearing masks. Uh, and I definitely wore one in the airport. Of course, there's signs everywhere, and they'll get on you, you know, for not wearing one. That was the longest I, I had. I had to wear one like six hours one day, and I don't know how, you know, folks that work in hospital. I don't know how they do it. Just especially with all this, all this beard right here, it just gets a little itchy. But uh, weird week for me on that. I don't know where I stand on all that really. But comment below. I want to hear if you think I'm an idiot for wearing a mask. I want to hear it. You know. I know a lot of you just think I'm an idiot in general, but um, I think that we got to uh, we got to get through this deal if we want, you know. And what's normal life, right? Like, are we going to go back? This is another weird thought I had. I'm going to get to fishing, I promise. Another weird thought I had. You know, flu season's always a really big deal. You're in these metal tubes, these airplanes, germs everywhere. I always feel like I get sick when I fly this time of year. But are we ever going to be able to fly without a mask on again? Are you ever going to get, I mean, is that, is that going to be a thing? Is it going to be optional? Is it going to be mandatory at certain times of the year? You know, where is all of this headed? It's a, it's weird seeing it. You know, I was down in Florida, down in South Florida for a couple of days and down there taking it pretty serious where I was at. Everybody's masked up restaurants, you know, a couple of restaurants I went to, you wearing a mask, as long as there ain't food in front of you, you got to have it on kind of thing. You know, some of them, some of the others, you got to have it on if you're moving about in the restaurant, but you're in your little safe space. It, it's it's a weird time, y'all. I know y'all are experiencing it. Y'all are from all over the country. I just want to know your opinions because it matters to me. I'm just, you know, when you sit here by yourself with all these crazy thoughts, and that's what this podcast is. It's just my crazy thoughts and my rambling. And it's my show. And it is my, uh, you know, it's my therapy. And so I've been making notes, get it all out there. So in this week of Thanksgiving, we got to say a big thanks, as always, to these fine sponsors like StarTron and StarBright Products. StarTron kicking ethanol in the teeth, bringing you low-budget life for three years now. If you saw the post I made on Instagram, Facebook this week, the very first ever LBL. Ever. We did it on Instagram, and you can see a bottle of StarTron on the table that day, uh, we did that Columbia, South Carolina, Forestwood Cup a few years ago and just kind of put it up there as a prop and then it became a thing. And now we shake the StarTron bottle and I know y'all send me the videos and all that all the time. So we want to thank those guys for not only sponsoring LBL, but kicking ethanol in the teeth, in your weed eater, chainsaw, in your outboard engine, because nothing 
ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run. Star Trine. So get you some Star Trine in this bottle right here. A little dab will do you. Gotta say a huge thanks to these guys right here. I'm like Superman when I wear this. I love this shirt. Wear it too much. Uh, some people say it's their opinion, you know. Sims Fishing Products out of Bozeman, Montana, bringing you fine fishing products. Layer up with their layering gear. Wear the Pro Dry Rain Suit. And then they just got some like swag looking dress shirts, as my kids say, some swaggy looking stuff, some pants, fishing boots. They got all kinds of stuff. Go check it out, Sims. And I'm here to remind all you low lifers you get one life. Fish it well. And last, certainly not least, the official boat of low budget live and the Traveling Circus and all things Luke Duncan Incorporated. That sounded fancy. Express Performance Bass Boats out of Hot Springs, Arkansas, building a super fast, great dry riding aluminum bass boat. Doesn't break the bank, but you get all the bells and whistles of a big glass boat. I'm telling you right now, cannot wait until the 21 Pro is in the garage. It is being manufactured right now as we speak and we're going to do a lot with that in videos and things and i cannot wait stand on the front deck of that 21 pro but I want to say thank you to the fine folks at express <clears throat> and oh one other thing i wrote this in my notes now something i always throw out there six cents having a huge black friday sale right now like 20 percent off use code dunk 10 when you're there as well see if they'll let you combo up the black friday code and the dunk 10 i don't know I'm probably just lied to you, but go check it out, sixcents.com. They got everything from their hats to the shirts to the crankbaits to all that. Go check it out. All right. It was fun. Moving on. Got to give me a drink. Got to cleanse my palate for today. So no guests today. This is one of those ramblers. So if you're here for guests every week, this ain't the episode for you. But this is a rambler. I think that it's uh, it's easy to say that this week leading up to me recording here today was one of the most shocking for a lot of people, uh, newsworthy, just monumental weeks of the year or last two years even in professional bass fishing. There's so much going on right now that it's almost hard to talk about it in one episode. So much going on. But I wanted to, I get a lot of you reaching out um, that seem surprised by some of this news. Some of it I'm surprised by. A lot of it I'm not surprised by because I already had uh, a little jump on y'all on some of it. But but publicly couldn't speak about it, but now we can. And that's, that's the beauty of uh, what we do here at LBL. First off, I think that I can't um, I can't jump into this fairly. I can't jump into this without starting on this one because this is, to me, some of the biggest news that's ever happened in the sport of professional bass fishing. And it's un, it's it's truly it's it's revolutionary what's about to take place. I can tell you, in all fairness. My initial reaction was hmm, just based off a headline. Hmm, really? Okay. 
Um, but it changed. The more I dug in, the more I saw fan reaction, the more I saw angler reaction. This is a good thing. And, and I'm talking, of course, about the big Bassmaster announcement that they are going to Fox Sports, leaving ESPN. That was my negative. I, I, you know, you think ESPN worldwide leader in sports. I know some of you out there, I've seen the comments, you don't like ESPN for one reason or another, but they're like the granddaddy of it all, right? Uh, even though Fox has got the NASCAR, they got the WWE if you're into your wrestling, Major League Baseball, you know, I, you can watch The Simpsons on Fox. I don't know. Uh, but Fox, MLB, they got Major League Baseball. They got Joe Buck, for God's sakes. That guy. So my initial reaction was, damn, Bass has had this relationship for, with ESPN since the early 2000s. Yeah, you know, it's kind of the end of an era. Uh, man, it, is that, you know, it sucks in the regard of there will be no more outdoor programming on ESPN, you know, that, that Jerry McKinnis worked for so many years to be on there and different things. Of course, you know, Zona Show was on there for a long time, Jose Wahebe. Uh, the Spanish Fly, there were a lot, you know, Jerry McKinnis, of course. Lots of shows on ESPN for a lot of years in the outdoor block, hunting show, excuse me, hunting shows. But they're all, but that all ended. And then this year we got live coverage on ESPN, and I've talked it to death on here, but it was a big deal. But it was, I felt like it was a special thing. But due to COVID, that's why we got it on there, I'm sure. You know, on a normal Saturday, probably not. ESPN's probably not going to throw up a bunch of, bunch of bass fishermen winding around Chatterbait. Probably not going to happen. But it seemed like people enjoyed it. The numbers seemed to be good. And I think that live bass fishing on television is where the future's got to go. Um as long as it stays online and all that as well at the same time. So my initial reaction was, mm, man, ESPN's big. But the more you dig in, um, you got to realize, man, how special of a deal this is to put the Elite Series on a major network guaranteed live at every event for several hours a day. We've never seen this in professional bass fishing other than, like I said, the ESPN COVID deal. This is guaranteed. And, man, that, that's big. That's big. That's a, that's a very, very strong play by bass. If you are a Bassmaster angler and you are not excited about that, you're a little bit dead because it's unprecedented, in my opinion. The only, you know, I, I, I couldn't, um, reading through the press release, I think maybe during those times it might not be on Bassmaster.com while it's on fire. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. You would think that I would check this stuff, but I never do. Um, other than that, it's big. It's big. And I think this does so much more to, quote, grow the sport than being on Discovery Channel with an old tournament or, you know, that that's already happened or Outdoor Channel with a tournament that's already happened, which is what we've had. Uh, you know, I, I applaud MLF on the, you know, getting things on CBS 
a couple years ago in some kind of prime spots on a weekend deal. But this is live, live action. And I think that it's the only way we can progress and potentially reach new fishermen that want to see this. So I, I think that it's very cool. I think if I'm an Elite Series angler, I am absolutely 1,000% stoked to read this. And they were, you know, the posts. They're not just company men. They're actually excited. Their sponsors got to be excited, for the love of God. It, you you got to get fired up. Um, this week for bass was just just big, man. It was big. You had that. I mean, I saw the fan comments. I, I didn't read a lot of negative stuff. Facebook, Instagram, I was, you know... I was in and out of meetings and, and flights, like I said, but I got to keep up and not a lot of negative around this at all. And and I wonder how, how there could be, really. Um, but pretty dang cool to see Bass piece that deal together, and we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. I hope it's successful for Fox. I hope it's successful for Bass, and I hope it brings some new eyeballs into the sport that want to participate because ultimately to grow this, it's not just from a fan perspective. We need people out buying boats and rods and reels and all that good stuff. We need people participating in the sport. So I think that uh, it could definitely, definitely do some of that, man. I do. I really believe that. Uh, So bass, huge announcement. And then you had the central open wrap up. Congratulations to Tommy Williams on that from Kentucky. Bassmaster Classic spot right there for Tommy. But the big, not to downplay a win because it was a very tough lake, as always, Lake Louisville. But Jason Christie in through the points, won the Central Open points. Greg Hackney in, in. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for Bass. It's a big deal for those two dudes who busted their ass to go back and requalify. No exemptions needed. That's a very, very big deal. Very big deal. How will that play out with other exemptions, with other qualifiers calling down the list? I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting situation that Bass finds themselves in. They invited all the elites back. Nobody's getting booted because of the COVID year, and I think that's a little strategic on their part. Now you got Christy and Hackney. And we'll get to the others from BPT. But you've got those guys locked in. you got Justin Atkins flirting with it. He's right there. I'd say a, a good term in Lake he's in. Kenton Kim, Kenta Kimura, see his name in the Opens all the time. He's qualified. Mark Frazier, Elite Series uh, pro, Micah Frazier's brother, fished his butt off in the Opens. He made it. you got Daryl Gleason right there on the bubble because of the Centrals. Matt Robertson. In the Falcon AOI thing could make it. Brian New had an incredible comeback at this one and is up there. Still a lot going on with that. A lot of new new blood coming. One tournament to go. And then you've got this whole discussion of the FLW guys that were so vocal that left in Brian Latimer, Upshaw, Bradley Hallman, Todd Castledine, Scott Martin. And out of that group, Scott's the only one, in my opinion, that's right there with a chance, and that's in the Eastern points. He's fourth. So if he has a decent tournament, he's in through the Easterns, but he dropped the ball in the Central, the last two Centrals, so he's out of the Falcon AOI race. 
unless he want those points really fluctuate because you have such large fields in those. But I can imagine the numbers will probably be a little off at Lay's the last tournament. Uh, guys don't think they have a chance. They may save that money. And it, it brings me to how will Bass handle that situation? Are you going to open Pandora's box again and invite these guys, make some kind of special, you know, or are they going back to opens? And this is a joke, of course, but opens purgatory <laughs> because I know guys that are unbelievable fishermen that have been fighting that opens freaking tornado for several years now that have success on other tournament trails. It is not easy. You have the co-angler side of it that can impact the outcome of the event, the 200-boat thing. It, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. So does Bass swing the door open? If a Scott Martin doesn't end up making it, which I feel like he will, but if he doesn't, what do you do? You got that name, that notoriety. Does he help build your field? Of course he does, but do you extend some kind of invite? How does that go down for a guy like Brian Latimer? You know, how does it go down for Hallman? Hallman has inched his way up. So is Castledine. Um, but, you know, does Bass need these guys right now? Is it worth stirring up a hornet's nest because you're getting Christy back? I don't know, man. And, and how do they use the Legends exemption? Do they use it? Do they go get – there's a guy nobody's talking about that they should always be talking about, Larry Nixon floating around out here. Do you give – you offer that to Larry Nixon? Because I think you do. He's very – I mean, AOI, classic, the whole nine. Do you get him over there? It's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. The next, the next couple months in the fishing world are going to be crazy. Uh, I've spoke of the sponsor chain. There are so many dang announcements coming from guys that we're all going to be like, what? Man. So a lot, a lot happening at Bass, y'all. A lot happening at Bass. And, and I just think that it, it, it is a competition and it's a battle, of course, with who you're going up against. And I think, you know, if you're talking specifically Bass versus BPT, Elite Series versus BPT, they far and away won the week. Uh, and I think that kind of solidified the year, even. Um, two seconds, we're going to pause for station identification, i.e., uh, me fix this camera. Hang on now. All right, Dan, we back. Got to give me a drink. This, this is the, this is a lot, this is a lot. You know, no guests today, just running my mouth. And no, that's not alcohol, in case y'all are wondering. I know, I know y'all probably wondering. It's not alcohol. Mm -mm, it's not at all. All right. And not to be outdone <laughs> by Bassmaster and their fancy live coverage and their freaking announcements, MLFLW, Big Five, BPT, RIP, FLW, uh, announced its roster. And for me, weren't, you know, no surprises uh, on who was leaving because I, I had, you know, prior information on that. I just couldn't publicly talk about it. But a lot of you guys and gals out there that keep up with the sport that we know and love seem to be surprised, and rightfully so. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, blown away at some of those names, just like you are when I first heard them. Now that it's public, we can talk about that. 
And I'll get to that. I, of course, they also announced a biggie for me. And it was that John Cox is leaving the Elite Series, which he fished FLW this year too, the pro circuit, now known as the Big Five. And he's going back. He's going to um, he's going over there to fish the Bass Pro Tour. He picked up one of those five spots that were left vacant. And he's going to fish the pro circuit. And for me, a guy that knows John very well, very well fished against him for a lot of years, friends, on and off the water, great guy, somebody I really look up to, look forward to talking with all the time when I get the chance. And he is, uh, uh, to me, he's kind of built for Bassmaster. And I don't, I you know, obviously solidified his career through FLW. I just don't feel like it would be really hard for me to leave that Fox deal and all the stuff going on. And, of course, all that was probably set in stone before this, I guess. You know, decisions have to be made. But for John, he just wants to fish tournaments. So and cut checks in tournaments. So the the more tournaments he can fish, the merrier, and he's going to get to do that next year. I just think, for me, I think it's a bad move. And the reason I do is I think John, he just fits the model of the Bassmaster dude. I think that, you know, the classic trophy, him lifting over his head is just something that I just figure we will see, and we probably still will. probably jump in some opens on John. But because, like I said, he wants to fish as much as he can. But for me, man, I just bass loves him. He loves bass, and I don't know. I just I can't speak for anyone and and judge them on their goals. You know, I feel like he's leaving a lot of money on the table potentially, leaving bass from a sponsorship side. That's just my opinion. I could be totally wrong. I'm sure John's sponsors support him in whatever he does because he catches them everywhere he goes, and he's he's a great, great, great ambassador for all of them. John doesn't really care about all that, and he just wants to catch bass. He wants to fish as many tournaments. So that's ultimately where his decision came from. I'm putting words in his mouth, but that that's what he does. He's a tournament fisherman. Now for Boy Duckett and crew – I think that John probably got some of his entry fees paid, if not all, to come back over there because the dam has a hole in it, okay? There's water leaking out, and that water sounds like Swindle, Polnick, Christie, Hackney, Peroznik, Atkins, Iconelli. So you got to have something to throw. If it's a piece of chewing gum, you got to try to clog that hole up and you still got all these great fishermen there. But it doesn't look good at all that some of, arguably, think about this, Swindle, Polinick, Christie, Ike. Those five names alone are five name, are the five of the biggest names this sport has ever seen. You couple that with Peroznik and Atkins, who have in the last five years really solidified their careers. Atkins has only been fishing the last few years. All star power. You look at that, and then you look at the fact that Iconelli 
is an owner of MLF or was or however that shakes out. I don't know, man. I don't know that I go running headstrong into that if I'm if I'm John. Um, but you know, I here's my thing. I am very opinionated about everything going on at times, and I want nothing but the best for that dude. And if that's what makes him happy and that's what keeps his family fed with a rod and reel, which is what he was born to do, then that's where I want him to be, ultimately. Um, you know, I just think from a business side of it, which I do look at things from the business side because I'm in the fishing business, the business of fishing. I say that all the time. It is indeed a business, okay? And if you don't take it as that, then you're crazy. But that's what it is. It's what it is for Boyd Duckett. That's what it is for the guys at Bass. That's what it is for the anglers, the sponsors. It is a business. And I think from a business decision perspective, if you look at some of these names leaving – Gotta have some questions. Why would those guys leave? If it's all gravy, why would those guys leave? Um, besides the obvious, like Marty Stone rebuttal of, well, we're scared of the format in the water. Like, no, no, dude. It's got like when you personally talk to these guys, it's got a lot more to do with business decisions than it does the format <laughs> period uh so it it was that that was that was crazy you know of course they had to announce it the same week of the fog we'll show you bass master crickets um you know the ike thing to me is a biggie there's been some tension there to my understanding for a while, you know, they find him for cussing on camera and everything else. And I, I think there's been some tension there. Um, and I think he would have left last year, but it didn't line up. And now he's gone. And, of course, the overwhelming question a lot of you are asking me, and I hope to have Mike on soon, is, is he going to the Elite Series? Is he going – you know, I think Mike can ride off in the sunset and not worry about fishing another tournament. He's just still going to be in the limelight. He's still going to be promoting his ass off because he works as hard as anybody in the room. And he's always going to be doing the YouTube stuff. He's got his Nat Geo stuff. A lot going on with Mike Iaconelli. Kayak tournaments. I saw him post he's going to fish some kayaks, some Hobie tournaments. So he's getting into that now more and more and more. Very cool. Very cool. Uh... Will he hoist another blue trophy? I don't know. Does he want to? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, though. But I think that one is very interesting because he was one of the original owners. What's that say? Now, he's a spark plug. Mike's a Mike's – a, uh, he's a wild card. You know, Mike's going to do what Mike – he's never going to be status quo. He's kind of like yours truly in that – or I'm kind of like him, and then I'm going to tell you what I think. Mike's going to tell you what he thinks. A lot of people, especially elitist business types, can't handle hearing that kind of stuff. Uh, they like to control narratives, right? And he is certainly anything but status quo. So Mike's going to do what Mike's going to do, uh, which best for him and his lovely family. So, um that one, I think, shocked more people than anything. I think, you know, you piece together the open stuff by looking at the rosters. Guys probably assume that Hackney, Atkins, Prosnick were really trying. You know, Prosnick in this, 
not killing it in those opens points. Does basket, you know, they swing that door open? I don't know. See an opens purgatory for another year? Trying to fight his way through those tough old fishing rankings. I don't know, gang. I don't know. Uh, definitely, definitely some wild times in fishing. And every time, you know, we're two years removed now from the big split and all that, and it just seems to just continue to get more confusing and um, and just crazy. You know, I think after year three, the Opens rosters next year will be very interesting to take a look at because I think they'll speak volumes. If you've got a lot of guys from BPT fishing those or even five, ten more, you're going to say, hey, these guys want out. If no, none of them show up, it's going gonna, it's it's gonna to be interesting. You know, I think we're going to continue. You're going to see some leave. You're going to see some go over there to Bass Pro Tour. And, you know, my hope for everybody involved truly, as critical as I am, is that they get their crap figured out and that it succeeds. But right now, right now, there's a crack in the dam, and I called it last year. There's a crack in the dam and sponsor stuff this year, whether you can blame COVID, you can do whatever you want. There's probably 10 different reasons, but the crack got a little bigger and five dudes swam out of it. They got out. Three of which are three of the biggest bass fishermen of all time. They ain't hanging around. So uh, it speaks volumes to me. It does. And I hope that they can put a lot of chewing gum on that crack and figure it out. Uh, something else that was just, I don't know, man. It's so hard to get behind some of this stuff because these ideas are just, in my opinion, just not smart. And you you say you're trying, you know, they're, they're MO to the pro circuit guys. You're the future. And this is the building block. Blah, 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 blah. And now you got a chance. You know, you filled one spot with John, who obviously fished the pro circuit, but you got four other spots. I don't understand why you don't give that permanently for the year to the four guys on the pro circuit standings and roll on. Just roll on. And and for me, they're going to let Gray Buck, Matt Becker, Spencer Sheffield, and Ron Nelson fish the first event. They were in the po- up there in the points, but they're going to let those guys fish the first event. After that, the way I understand it is then they're going to get four more from the next FLW, the top four in the standings from that, get, you know, here you go, congratulations, you get to fish a BPT and pay us an entry fee and show up and fish. Now, you're not involved in points, but you get to come fish this one-off tournament. And maybe that's a big deal to some of the guys on the pro circuit, but for me it's just like you're just going to fish another tournament. And you do have a chance for exposure and fishing against the best, and I get all of that, but I just don't understand why if you're going to lean on the pro circuit at the end of this year to fill your points, to, to use their points list to fill your field when supposedly five people, the bottom five, are dropping out of your original field, why not just do it now? If all they get is a year, the new qualifiers, they've got a year, they've either got to catch them or they go back, why not just do that now? Why? I don't understand the justification behind that. And I was actually talking with somebody uh, from the Big Five organization about that before that was announced and how dumb of an idea that was. And I do feel like that there's, there's a lot of smart people within that organization. I just feel like this is really just a, just a just weird decisions, confusing decisions. And, and to me, 
if you're growing the sport and you take four dudes, a guy has one good tournament and he gets to fish the next one and he wins it, and you're like, oh, you're a Bass Pro Tour Pro. No, 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 I just get to fish this one. I just get to fish this one. I'm not qualifying for Redcrest. Um, I don't know. I just think that's a, a yet another just why. Go to your points list. Ron Nelson has kicked ass. Spencer Sheffield kicked ass. Gray Buck and freaking Matt Becker are two of the brightest young names in the sport. They catch them. They're great at what they do. They're promoting on social media. They bust their butt. They're trying the YouTube thing. They work hard. Let them in. I promise you they'll catch them better than some of the guys you got fishing. Guaranteed. One million percent. I dare say if you let those four guys fish all of them, they won't be in the bottom five. (laughs) Just for that year. So, and I understand that that's got to do with the fact that they told their guys a three-year thing and all that, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I thought that I thought that was a very strange, strange decision, but I'm sure they justify it, and good for them. Good for them. Also, a weird one floating around is that uh, they've reached out to Redcrest qualifiers, people that will be at the Thunderbolt Bowl. Eating lamb chops, they uh, they talked to uh, they talked to these guys. Said they need a five thousand dollar entry fee from them in advance that would be refundable. And uh, I don't know what that's about either, but I'd say it's just because of the crack in the dam, ultimately. And if that's not true, and I get corrected by some of my BPT brothers out there, I will correct it on here. But I have heard that, and I heard that from a qualifier, so I don't. Uh, and, and he wasn't happy about that situation. And I don't know what that says, you know, for the greatest championship that we've ever seen in fishing that we've only seen one of, and then they moved it, and now it's going to be the biggest, the biggest, they got the Thunderbolt ball, the 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 prom, the where you get to get gussied up, they got the damn Thunderbolt ball. How else are you going to buy lamb chops for the Thunderbolt ball if, if you don't get these entry fees? Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's it's the Catalina Wyman. It's the Thunderbolt ball, guys. So we got to get some money. If we're going to have a buffet-style lamb chop dinner at the Thunderbolt ball for all the wolves, we got to get your money. Don't pay any mind to the fact that... F- some of the biggest names in bass fishing just ran right through the dam. Don't pay any mind. It's all good. I know your feet are wet. I know they're wet. It's not because the dam's leaking. Uh, anyways, I don't know, guys. Y'all form your own opinions on that. I just, I just present the info as I'm giving and, and, uh, and throw my opinion and two cents on there. I think it would be – I think it – you know, it probably never sucks to be Boyd, Boyd or any of those cats over there because, you know, they just, you know, roll in the money. But, uh, and they're very distinguished gentlemen. But I think if you wake up to the, the Fox announcement and all that and you're like, we'll show you that I can hell he's leaving. <laughs> it's like, that's a, a really shitty week. <laughs> Honestly, I do. I do. I just think that was probably like, can you mix me another cocktail, please? Because I'm going to need it. Thanks. 
whether that will ever be admitted or not, I don't know. But uh, I just think that was probably not a fun week. All right, guys and gals, friends and neighbors, moving on to the end of the show here. Thank you. It's a week of thanks. Thank you very much for showing up here and giving me a chance to talk to you again. Make sure you have a safe Thanksgiving. Make sure you're subscribed to the Luke Duncan's Traveling Circus YouTube channel if you like any of this craziness, boats and pros, the fishing videos, whatever brings you here. Make sure you're subscribed. Tell people about the show. Make sure to share it. You lowlifers do a dang good job of that, and I am very appreciative. Make sure you're still checking out LD and the MC. Me and old Mercer are stirring the pot, having some fun as we do it. And that show, a lot of I've seen a lot of comments. Guys, keep doing this. It's not going anywhere. We're here to stay. I promise you, we're just hitting our stride. Episode 5 will be out this week, just in time for Thanksgiving. You can check it out. Make sure to hug your daggum mama this week at Thanksgiving if you get to see them. And if not, Zoom with them. Tell them you love them. Give them that old FaceTime phone call. Hit her right there, as Theo Vaughn would say. Thank y'all so much, and I'll see y'all next week. Going to take you out with, y'all know, y'all already know, Biloxi Blues. Eat some turkey for me. See ya! Make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens in rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to